Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, I've become friends with a, a new online buddy. Uh, his name's Larry. He sent me this book to read, uh, this ebook. I've been kind of flipping through it recently. It's pretty good, but I've noticed that I've had a lot of... Uh, uh, light bulbs explode and um you know uh computers have been freezing up a little bit it's it's strange is your cable out oh yes yes it is <laughs> if i had does it the book does the book just say get her done like over and over and over again yes yeah, so and for some uh, reason it always chooses cars one and two for me to watch on disney plus yeah exactly um yes today we are reviewing jacob chase's come play uh released on october 30th 2020 starring uh jillian jacobs john gallagher jr uh ozzy robertson and winslow fagley uh as the main cast that i have listed here uh released by focused features uh the Yes, Eric. The titular Larry is who we will be talking about today. Yes. Um, originally based on a short film titled Larry. I kind of wish that they went for it and just titled the movie Larry. Well, but- it is still called Larry on IMDb, and th- that was the original title when it was going into production through Focus Features and uh, Amblem Entertainment. But then at the last minute, I guess they kind of chi- ch- decided to change the name because – Larry kind of just sounds like, oh, it could just be about a person or a character study. But I don't know why yeah. Come Play would be, you know, the the alt title to use for something like this, other than the idea is that Larry is inviting uh, his the latest true horror was friendship. Yeah, man. yeah, exactly. The friend <laughs> Larry was the friend we made along the way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how you doing otherwise? You good? You know, I'm good. I've been watching a lot of horror movies after, um, you know, unwinding from from a lot of doc watching. It's kind of fun to kind of just get back into a routine of watching a lot of crap, um, especially when yeah, it comes to horror movies. Yeah, you know what? That's movies. what October's for, man. <laughs> that's what October is for. Just watching a bunch of crappy horror movies. And like, this is a good, I mean, this is a perfect end cap to that and then crap uh, to that, I think. Like, it's really one of the only like new horror movies we're kind of getting this well, year. Well, there's also Craft the right? Legacy, which did screen yeah. for a select group of press. Um, we weren't part of the selected No, field. but also that was a movie that was kind of dropped last minute as well, which was a Blumhouse production and a kind of a legacy sequel to uh, the first Craft movie in the 90s. So yeah, that's about it. We were supposed to get Halloween Kills this year. Um, Got a teaser today. Teaser today, which is, you know, it's saying that it's going to open next year. We were also supposed to get Candyman in originally in April or May. It got delayed to the fall, then was pushed to 2021 as well, just due to the pandemic. So there were a few horror films that we were supposed to get. There's some stuff that's available to stream online that I think uh, might be fun. I haven't watched uh, the Russian 80s horror movie that IFC picked up called Sputnik which is supposed to kind of be a fun creature feature as well. So there, there is some stuff out there in Kindred as well, which is another IFC release. But yeah, like in terms when it comes to mainstream kind of big, not big, but like I wouldn't even call it come play maybe mainstream, but like those kind of. Well, there's the empty you know. man if you want to risk going out to theaters. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, that's my question. I should have looked this up before we started recording. Is this theatrical only, or is it going premium VOD? I think it's premium. It's premium VOD, but it's also select theaters based on theaters that are actually opened. Right, because I see that it is playing in Durham region because our theaters are still open. Yeah, but it's not playing That's in Toronto because <laughs> Toronto theaters are currently closed. So if you're listening, if you're a Toronto person or if you're anywhere in the world that is in a major kind of city or location, chances are you won't be able to see this in theaters. Even if you know you wanted to go, we wouldn't recommend it. Um, so best to watch this on VOD if you're really curious about it. Yeah. But uh, without further ado, Eric, what is Come Play? Well, Come Play is a, a pretty straightforward um, synopsis in terms of a horror movie. You've probably seen this film a hundred times before. Uh, but in this story, you have a young autistic boy, Oliver, played uh, by Marriage Stories' Ozzy uh, Robertson, who is being stalked via mobile devices, whether it be an iPhone or iPad, by an electronic monster named Larry and he sends this ebook in advance and the more of the book you read the more he's allowed to come into our world the only way you can see him is through the filter of a mobile device um and he's basically invisible the movie pacing wise is basically uh jump scare adjacent where it's setting up you know a lot of sort of suspense and quietness through just you know the dark and things making bumps in the in the night uh, in in the household that uh, that Oliver lives in with his parents who are uh, on the outs specifically uh, Gillian Jacobs and John Gallagher Jr. John Gallagher Jr.'s character is more kind of like the fun parent, the 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 good cop in the relationship, where Jacobs's character is more responsible, but she also has you know, a little bit of stress dealing with Oliver and kind of is also a little bit regretful that she didn't clue in sooner to his needs and help him to take him to speech therapy at a younger age. You see that throughout the movie. Um, The film is very much playing on as we were talking about in the intro that this is an Amblin film, Steven Spielberg's company from the eighties. I mean, it's basically in the ballpark of E.T., and poltergeist and then more recently i mean a lot of people have been and will compare it to the babadook it's just that the babadook believes in physical media dropping off a real book <laughs> for uh the family to be haunted by where larry is a digital uh proponent sending mm-hmm. his ebook to uh this particular family and this particular mm-hmm. child and larry's goal so is- could revoke larry at any time yes exactly you know? <laughs> exactly i mean if the rights expire online you're not you don't necessarily own the book or i guess larry in this case but larry's goal is to befriend oliver and drag him back to his he's lonely and he needs a friend to his web domain loneliness is the biggest fear of all um yeah you know what i i think this is perfectly fine i don't think it's neither good or great uh i think it's somewhere you know very middle 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 of the road where i don't really have all that much negative to say about it but i also don't have much positive to say like i thought um some of the scares were kind of fun in the sense of using technology and it's something we talked about with the face uh filter kind of jump scare and uh which also i recently watched host 
Uh, and they, I think, do it better in that movie than and this I think that's a better does, film in general. I agree with that. I had a lot of fun with Host. We haven't talked about it, but we'll talk about it on the main show. We can but, even talk about um, it a little bit here because even though it's not, I mean, it uses a, a, tech, right? Yeah, and it's not a screen, <clears throat> a screen life movie the way that Host or Unfriended or even Searching are, but it is using technology to move the plot forward, specifically, um, especially with you know, the supernatural elements, but also even like, I, I was surprised that SpongeBob SquarePants was actually a Played plot such element a, a, a yeah, plot point a in this movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I was surprised with that too, of how often it was used and how it was actually somewhat, uh, integral to the plot, especially because um, this is a, a focus features release and universal in Canada. So you think that they would use like minions or something like that, where SpongeBob is paramount. So I wonder how much they paid out to, uh, to, to license yeah, that character. That is very interesting. Uh, you'd think there'd be some sort of, yeah, licensing there that you would just use your own properties. Um, but I thought that the SpongeBob element is interesting, right? Like with this kid who's constantly like, I thought, you know, his, um, his needs were, I thought, handled actually pretty well in this movie because I feel like both me and you, I feel like sometimes when that stuff is used, um, not that stuff, but when someone with a disability or someone you know, who's special on the needs spectrum and like, specifically yeah. and dealing with autism and having and being specific to what type of autism it is, even though yeah. they, it, the film still handles it, I think, in a way that is kind of almost like a blanket kind of you know, sort of description and, and sort of basically giving you symptoms and ideas or, or the medication or the sort of what goes into um, sort of, you know, dealing with it and coping with it as a family. It's, it's still very kind of a broad strokes kind of feel, but at least like there's one scene where Oliver, you know, tries to answer a question in class and they don't portray him as a genius, you know, like it's nice to see him as a, still as a regular, a regular kid, kid, you know? Yeah. I, I, and I thought the movie mostly handles it well. And although it is, you know, kind of utilized as, you know, a plot thing to, uh, you know, work with the horrors of the movie, like I still think it was handled in a, in a decent way. And I thought that kid, um, actually did a pretty good job throughout the whole thing. Like again, child actors sometimes can, um, uh, be a little bit much, especially in horror movies when it's focused, especially on the kids. Um, but I thought he was good. Um, yeah, Larry looks a little bit goofy in the sense, like his name and even how he kind of looks like, I didn't ultimately think Larry was that scary. Um, but I mean, there's some interesting ways with the iPad and the different devices and that you can only see him through there that the movie does get, you know, sort of clever with, you know, how it's trying to set up its tension and its and its scares. Um, but ultimately, I was just kind of not necessarily bored, but just indifferent through the whole thing. Like, um, I, I, I didn't hate my time watching it. Um, I think there was a scare, too, that kind of sort of got me, but you see it coming from a mile away. Um, it's themes about, you know, uh, loneliness and friendship and, and, uh, and stuff like that, I think is a little kind of like, again, going back to silly, uh, and how it all kind of plays out in that final act. I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, I was just ready for it to end, but like, I, I, I don't know. I think it's fine. Like it's, it's I, a slight scare and that's about yeah. it. Like to me, watch, like, here's the thing. Like I was, I was kind of where you are 
when I first saw it about what a week and a half ago or two weeks it's now, been like three weeks. It feels me. like since watching the film and writing about the movie and now talking to you about it, a lot of it is kind of just dissipated from my mind. And partly yeah. it's because there's not a lot there. I mean, if no. you've seen those Spielberg 80s kind of, you know, pre-teen horror movies that are kind of good transitional kind of films into the harder R stuff, you kind of know what to expect. And there's something I like and dislike about this movie at the same time. And it has to do with the slightness of the story. It's a very, very small, simplistically written piece of filmmaking, narratively speaking, like it is centered around these three people and more specifically, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a a back and forth between mother and son. And with, with dad kind of coming in later on into, you know, the third act, he's kind of absent throughout. And again, the character is supposed to be because, you know, these two are are separating. That's how he is in real life. I mean, that's what was done in ET. And that's, you know, something that's, that's kind of a a classic trope of like, you know, eighties horror movies for teens where one of the parents is kind of missing due to divorce. The real horror, se- divorce. It is real horror is yeah. divorce. I can, t- I yeah, can I agree. To this. I'm not joking. I'm not joking about but that. But even like, that, I- and especially for a child who has a disability and might not be able to comprehend everything that's going on, and they might be blaming themselves even more because of that, or thinking that it is their fault when it's not. Um, I think is interesting, but at the same time, there's there's not a lot there to kind of really build upon and i kind of just felt like watching it the whole time i was like i kind of really actually weirdly missed a little bit of plot or exposition like the exposition in this is ridiculous because you have to get jacobs's character to sort of buy into what's going on because it can't all be from oliver's point of view because oliver also verbally doesn't communicate he communicates via you know technology on an an ipad iPad, iPad, iphone And so you have to get Jacobs to kind of, you know, come in early on to be like, okay, there is something strange going on that isn't, you know, Oliver's fault because a lot of the kids at school start blaming him. He tries to have the mom tries to arrange a sleepover with an estranged friends, all of uh, the bullies, uh, all the bullies. But they, but you also find out that one of them was his friend, and the 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 moms kind of have had a falling out. But you you look at that and you're kind of like so. Jacobs's character is basically giving us or feeding us the information that Larry can only travel through technology, so or 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 electricity through lights, through cameras, yeah. through phones, through iPads, computers, et cetera, et cetera. But the way she kind of comes to this in the second act is so ridiculous because it feels like the exposition that is coming out of her mouth and the way that she is describing it doesn't feel like it would be hers to kind of hypothesize it's just kind of like we How did she we, we got to explain larry's mythology in some way so so who's let's just do have this? her come up with this and she'll be totally accurate yeah, yeah. and even like yeah. the idea of like larry being lonely and made up of like the the internet sadness you know like yeah. it's, it's just like okay so like i i don't need it at like a, a an expert character to come in like halfway through and be like this is what's happening and right. going the on scientist or the doctor character that comes in or the there guy who is a, 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 yeah. a missing component in this and it kind of makes sense to have somebody who can maybe like sort of explain the mythology yeah, of it right? and there's not like, a lot of mythology to begin with no he just finds a, a, a an ipad in a lost and found right and then larry's just 
attached to it. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it is pretty surface level. And I think that's what I mean by why I was like kind of indifferent over the whole thing. It kind of just plays out. It's, it's fairly paint by numbers. And uh, I mean, if you're, if you're crazy, I tweeted this out. I'm like, if you're craving a new horror movie this October, it's like, (laughs) yeah, I would say host, but that came out earlier, right? You might've already watched that. People probably haven't even seen it though still. Cause it, I mean, I hadn't until last week. So, um, yeah, I would suggest host as well, but, um, on shutter, but I mean, I don't know. Like, I I think it's pretty harmless. Like I, I, I think there are moments in there and I feel like if, again, and if you have someone who's a bit younger, who is interested in, horror movies i feel like this is like if you want something new but i mean there's many other you know bridge horror movies that you could probably show that are older that you don't need to necessarily go to this but if you're flicking through and you see this i don't know if it's necessarily worth 20 dollars to rent um maybe i'd say it's okay for the seven dollars or something if you want you know an october movie that's brand new but i don't know i just mostly felt indifferent i agree with you um with everything you said about it just kind of Again, that goes back to me feeling like the whole thing is just kind of silly. Like they don't give any depth to Larry or or I'm not saying you need depth to the monster, but I mean, it's I think metaphor the metaphor as well, like our yeah. dependence on technology in the world yes, kind of being run lonely, by, yeah. you know, you know, being online and, and having a, you know, reality versus a digital life and like i think the last act of this movie is the strongest and i think it would have been even better if the first two thirds would have been a little bit more flushed out because i can can see where the film ultimately ends up and what jacob chase who started out as an editor as well was going for and what the ultimate goal was for the emotional impact of the movie but it feels like okay i i understand it and 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 in a better movie, I think that would have been as meaningful and maybe potent in the way that a lot of like, you know, eighties, nineties, you know, kids movies are, this doesn't get to that. And it's unfortunate because you can see in those last moments, even though some of the setup of that early on of how this one specific location is kind of all tied in together is, is, is a little obvious, but Like it's something where it's like, okay, if this if this was a little bit stronger in its characters and its performances, I think I would have been a little bit more forgiving of that and liked it a little bit more because I can see with that scene why like someone like Spielberg would have been interested in producing it, you know, like someone like that kind of being like, oh, yeah, this is the kind of horror movie that I would enjoy, especially because it's, you know, it's about family going through something and sort of learning to live with something and and. And it's there. And and I like Gillian Jacobs and um, uh, John Gallagher Gallagher Jr. Jr. a lot, but I feel like there's not a lot for them to do, especially John Gallagher Jr., who, I mean, is playing this kind of, he's not a deadbeat dad, but he's, he's very much the kind of guy who's irresponsible and, and doesn't want to be the one to say like, okay, I've, I've got to sit all of her down and say, what's, you know, what are the ground rules and actually be more a part of Oliver's life where he's yeah, working cliche like- of the, yeah, the dad coming in and, and bringing him an iPad and being the hero where the mom has to deal with all the kind of hard stuff. Yeah, and like, you can tell that there is something there that could have been interesting to kind of get into a little bit more because but he, he just actually disappears for a while. Yeah, yeah he goes yeah. to work at, a, a, you know, the, the, the parking lot a, as a parking lot attendant, but like you can tell with those two characters that they're only t- really like, 
their relationship is really based on Oliver. Like she probably got, you know, pregnant at an early age or, or a time where like they didn't, they were just going out, right? Because like when the movie starts, they're on the outs and he's about to move out. And it feels like the only reason why they're together is because they have a kid. And that's why it lasted yeah. so long. And that's why, I mean, that's it's a marriage story true. too, but with Larry. Yeah, yeah fair. Um, I'm going to give it a soft pass. Uh, I think it's pretty harmless. I think there are some okay moments. I like, like you said, what it's trying to do. I just kind of felt indifferent by the end. So I'm teetering, you know, between a negative two and a half and a soft three. And I'll, I'll go as high as a soft three. Like, I think it's, it, it's fine. I'll go with a hard two. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Spicy. Um, I've been watching a lot of horror movies, Matt, in the last few weeks. and Yeah, which made it drop down for yeah, you. And I'm very kind to the horror genre because I think it does get crapped on. But, like, this is this is a, a mediocre middle-of-the-road movie. Like, whether it's a I agree. three or, or two or and a, a half two, or yeah. a two, like, it's somewhere in that zone. So, like, if you're just looking for something that's, like, you know, a, a seasonal, you know, um, experience then yeah rent it but if you're looking for something that's a little bit more involving just rent something from emblem entertainment from the 80s you know yeah yeah. i I don't disagree that i will immediately forget that i've watched this movie and probably never think about it again by the end of by november 1st you'll be like yeah (laughs) next halloween uh, like it's not a movie that i'm gonna keep revisiting or even like suggest but i didn't hate my time watching it i didn't hate my time either and i felt like it wasn't it never overstayed its welcome i just kind of felt that it was it, it just was uninspired and there wasn't really anything that stayed with me other than the kind of cliches and conventions of other movies it's trying to mimic yeah you're not wrong so um all right Thank you all for listening. Uh, if you like this, we have plenty of other reviews over on this channel that we would love for you guys to check out. Um, basically, if it's a new release film that's uh, you know a uh, wide release, we're probably reviewing it right here. Um, we'll have uh, another review that you guys can check out very, very soon, Let Him Go, um, starring Ma and Pa Kent from the Zack Snyder Man of Steel uh, franchise. <laughs> it's my second favorite uh, uh, Frozen song. Yes, exactly. Um, as well as, uh, things like the kid detective we got coming up, uh, Borat two, you guys can check out our review for, which I had a blast recording with Eric. Um, there's tons of other stuff on this channel, all of our TIFF coverage, different things like that. So would love for you guys to check out all of those. Uh, you can check out our flagship show, which is called the untitled movie podcast. Um, it's a very long form show, uh, free flowing Eric and I just kind of shooting the shit, talking about the entertainment industry, um, and what we've been watching. Um, right now we're doing, you know, bi-weekly or monthly episodes on that one. We're focused more on reviews right now. And then we're trying to put out, you know, a, a flagship episode whenever we feel like there's enough news and different things to talk about. So we are going to be recording our 78th draft or ninth, 78th, 78th, I think. I think, yeah. 78th draft this weekend. So uh, look for that on uh, November 2nd, which is Monday. Uh, if you're listening to it before then, if after, it's already available. Go listen to it. What did we talk about? I have no idea. Um, uh, we also have another, uh, third podcast called untitled movie conversations. It's our interview show 
We have three great interviews up um, uh, about theaters reopening with Sarah Van Lang at uh, Cineplex Entertainment. Uh, we have a re- uh, interview with um, Jay Wadley, who is the composer for Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things, uh, and Peter Kaplowski, which was a chat about Tiff and Midnight Madness, but still a great conversation uh, if you want to go listen to that, even though it's maybe a little bit dated at this point. So Untitled Movie Conversations, we're going to get that up and rolling uh, soon. Uh, just a little harder to schedule that show because we need to schedule guests. And I think uh, Eric was busy um, as a jur- jury member, right? Jury member yes. of the the uh, Critics' Choice Documentary Awards. So Eric is finished with that now, I believe. I or am. at least this part of it. <laughs> I don't know well, how I it still works. have to do one more um, round of voting, but that's just like a regular like – Final. with the nominees yeah, right yeah. like you don't have to watch eight million documentaries no, anymore no oh. um so uh we're gonna get that back up and running very very soon i just got to shoot off some emails to some potential guests so um please go subscribe to those podcasts and if you have a second uh rate them that would be fantastic uh if you could go over drop five stars thumbs up uh whatever send to your friends on your podcast service of choice uh we'd really really appreciate that uh you can follow us on all of those social medias at untitled underscore cast um and as always my name is matt rorbeck you can uh, follow all of my work around the internet at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all of those social medias at matt rorbeck i'm usually bumming around letterbox rating movies and on twitter uh just tweeting out nonsense yes about uh your taco bell dinner specifically god that taco bell wine we will talk about that on the 78th draft so please maybe that maybe i'll have some maybe i'll have some <laughs> i'm eric march and you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinema scene which uh current episode which is on right now matt and i talk about uh post tiff and the uh fall movie season or lack thereof so you can check that out right now it says streaming online uh and you can also find me on the social medias at em6211 until next time get her done do you remember laser shoot suit larry the video game no it was about like a, a horny dude named larry that anyways bye everybody <laughs> <laughs>